Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If I said to you, you could spend like a thousand pounds right now on anything you wanted, what would you spend it on? Uh, protein. Um, <laughs> I'd have it so that that thousand pounds pays for my gym membership. If someone had asked me that question when I was 16, my answer then would have been very different from my answer today. I ask because anyone who listens to the podcast will know I'm always talking about the need for better financial education. In fact, I've just written a book about it called What They Don't Teach You About Money. Like many people, I was taught precisely nothing in school, college or university to prepare me for the financial ups and downs of the adult world. The words tax and national insurance only entered my vocabulary at the age of 18 when I received my first payslip. I've made many financial mistakes, from an early brush with store cards to not starting my pension early enough, but they're faults I'm prepared to admit in the hope that others can learn from them. As a trustee of the FT-backed charity, the Financial Literacy and Inclusion Campaign, I think financial education is vital for us to continue learning about money throughout every stage of our lives. But it's those early lessons that can be really crucial. That's why I went along to an event that aimed to teach young people about personal finance. Welcome to Money Clinic, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's consumer editor. Show me a green yes if you are familiar with the term cost of living. Pretty much green. Yeah. Perfect. You hear it everywhere, right? So today I've come to the headquarters of Nationwide, the building society in central London. They've invited about 100 students aged between 16 and 18 to come here today and take part in a series of talks and workshops on everything from interest rates to apprenticeships to problem debt and buy now, pay later schemes. Now, normally I'm the one asking all the questions, but for this episode, students at the event are going to be asking me questions too. So, Let's meet some of them. My name's Lucinda, I'm 16 years old and um, I would love to be involved in international affairs when I'm older. Hi, my name is Lois Lana, I'm 17 years old and I'm currently looking into forensic accounting. And I'm guessing you must be Patrick? I am. Hi, I'm Patrick, I'm 16 
uh, I'd like to join the Marines, or if not, I'd like to go into law. Patrick was who we heard from at the start of the show. He's the guy who would spend £1,000 on protein supplements. Last but not least, there was Demi. Hi, my name's Demi. I'm 17 and I want to go into real estate. Oh, why do you want to go into real estate? You can earn, like, um, profits from the properties that you sell and then you build up, like, different clientele as well. Okay. So what were the things that you've learned today that stuck in your heads? I thought the fact that interest rates go up to 1,000% was, like, quite mind-boggling. On a payday loan? Yeah, and the interest rate, that could be, like, detrimental to someone. Yeah. Lucinda, how about you? What was the thing you most remember from today? It was quite crazy to me to find other people are on there like 20 pounds away from bankruptcy I think that was pretty crazy yeah yeah and I don't know about you but so many things in the finance world we feel a bit threatened or confused or anxious especially with this overlay of the cost of living crisis which I'm sure you're gonna be hearing it all the time about how people's finances are under pressure. And I'm, do you talk much about the cost of living crisis at home or rather the effects of it? Like you can't have a new pair of trainers this month. Um, well, during the winter, my parents have cut down on turning on the heating. Uh-huh. So those like really big blanket hoodies have been my saviour throughout the winter because they refuse to turn up the heating because it's re- it's getting more expensive. That's great. How about you, Lois? Have you... Um, it, my parents have really said the need or want mindset they've re- we really adapted to that we do have space for leisure but mostly just what we need so i think that's really important to have that need or want mindset in a horrible way the cost of living crisis does have advantages in terms of teaching us more about about money but patrick have you had any kind of lessons in school that have touched on it us three do a level business and um I think in school, that's the closest you get to any like financial education. Um, and even with business, it's not teaching you how to be, like, for lack of a better word, savvy with the money. It's teaching you how to run a business. And if you were taught more stuff about money in school, what are the kind of things that you'd like to learn more about? I think we're always taught about how to increase profitability in a business. But I think we should learn about the financial responsibilities that comes with that, such as taxes and like the shock of get receiving a paycheck and seeing that a fifth of it is like gone. So I think really learning about taxes and other like things that maybe our students aren't so aware of that we will be aware of in the future. I think just being aware of that at a younger age that should be like our starting point. I mean, I can remember really clearly when I was 18, opening my pay slip and saying to my dad, but like all of this money has been taken out for tax. Like, what's that about? And he said to me, welcome to the club, Claire. And I was like, <laughs> oh God, this is so awful. Um, but how, how about you, Lucinda? What would you like to learn more about? money at the moment i'd love to learn more about budgeting and saving because i cannot save my money to save like to save my life honestly i spend very recklessly and i would love to learn um different ways like budgeting and saving and where do you get your money from that you're spending have you got a job or do you get pocket yeah, money i have a part-time job and it doesn't last me very long. What do you do for your part-time job uh, i work as a customer's assistant in a bowling alley Okay, but that's great because you're learning the value of money. Do you 
when you when you get the money paid into your bank account from your job, does that happen like once a month or once a week or? It's uh, monthly. It's monthly. Okay, so the money lesson I would give to you is called pay yourself first. Have you ever heard of that before? Yeah. Pay yourself first basically means on the day that you get paid, if you put some money at the point in which it goes into your account straight into a savings account so it's locked away rather than wait until the end of the month and think well if I've got five pounds left over then I'll save that trust me you're only going to save the money if you if you put it aside on on day one and then what you're left with is what you can spend now what you'll have to decide is how much money could you afford to set aside you still got to meet your spending needs you don't want to set aside 95 percent of it and never ever have any fun um, or see your friends but sometimes having a goal to motivate you so maybe if you think well i'm going to save 50 pounds from my wages every month because after 10 months i'll have 500 pounds and that will be what i need to go on holiday for a week with a friend or something like that and then you're buying something really big and exciting so is my advice any good <laughs> it is very good yeah I might be a bit generous with how much I'm giving myself to spend but I will definitely start doing that next paycheck yeah I've got a question for you so uh, from personal experience I grew up on quite a rough council estate uh, from a young age I massively learned the value of money and the problems that come in not having enough money so as soon as I turned 15 in nine months I got a national insurance number and I was looking for a job immediately. Excellent. Uh, it took about three months. I just went, I just after I turned 16, I got a waiter's job in my grandmother's. So I'm earning £9.50 an hour and I work Fridays and Saturdays. I've, I'm very good with saving. When I get my paycheck, I put 80% in a junior ISA and the 20% I use to spend for my lunches and anything. Like I never had much growing up, but so I have bought myself five pairs of trainers, but that's it, literally, that's it. And uh, my question to you is, with having the money saved up, how do I turn my money into more money well how do I go about that that's a really good question now you've got it in a junior ISA so that's locked up until you're 18 and you're now 16 16. Um, there are two different types of junior ISA there are cash ones where you get a rate of interest and then there are stocks and shares junior ISAs where you can actually put your money to work in the stock market I'm guessing that if you opened it yourself it might be a cash ISA yeah Okay, so I think somebody like you, Patrick, who's really good at saving, the first rule of investing is that because it is a risky thing and you don't know whether your money's going to go up or down in value, and both will happen, you need to get an emergency fund saved up first. But clearly, you've got the savings habit. So you can put money aside into an emergency fund. You can also control your spending. So I think that for you investing would be a great discipline to have. You could do it within your junior ISA. When you get to the age of 18, you can open an account called a lifetime ISA, which is a special savings and investment product for the under 40s. And while there are risks that you're taking, if you have got a long-term view with your investments, then in the long term, the stock market nearly always will recover. And because of the income that you're getting in from your investments, you get the effect of what's called compound interest. Has anyone heard about compound interest in like maths lessons? So if you're reinvesting um, the money that your investments are throwing off, it's like a snowball at the top of a mountain. So you start a little snowball running and it's picking up more flakes of snow 
as it goes down. But also in the world of work, you can invest through a workplace pension. A lot of people hear the word pension and think, oh, old people. But it's actually, as I say in the book, free money. If you pay money into a pension, your employer will also match or even better the money that you're paying in. Plus, talking about tax earlier, you also get tax relief. Now, Lois, have you got a question that you want to ask me about money? I think pensions, when you first hear it, it's very like just underwhelming or just it puts you off. But now that the way that you've put pensions, I think it's really just more helpful to me in how I could like see my future. I came up with an idea that if they renamed pensions, you know, like your your freedom fund or your future mm. your future fund, yeah. it's just like a more positive way of yeah. <laughs> of thinking about it because we do all need to be thinking of the future even when we are really young another fact that might surprise you like if you start paying into pensions and investments when you are really young because of that compounding effect you'll be so much better off than somebody like me who I like I was 30 before I started to save into a pension so I missed out on 10 years of contributions and it's those early contributions that are the most valuable because they've got the longest amount of time to grow so that's a big reason for me wanting to write this book to say hello nobody tells you about this in school or in the workplace you have to find it out yourself the hard way and I'd like lots of people to find out about it the easy way. Um, Demi, would you like to ask me a question about anything? Could be cost of living, could be property. Actually, I've got a different question. So when you have money, how do you make more? It's a bit of a broad question. Well, we've covered investing, which is one way of getting a better return on your money over the long term. But then there's also cash savings. Interest rates are going up. You could even get 7% interest which is the highest it's been since the financial crisis so around the time that you guys were born so interest rates coming back on cash savings that's a fantastic incentive believe me it helps they call it the marshmallow test i could put one marshmallow in front of all of you now and say you can either eat that now or wait and in 10 minutes you'll get another one they do this test on like primary school age children and they say that the children who defer the pleasure of eating the marshmallow and get two are more likely to be good with money when they grow up. No, I think I, as a child, I probably would have scoffed uh, <laughs> <laughs> the marshmallow, frankly. But like, you're all coming up to the point where you're going to leave school and fully enter the real world. And that could be uni or it could be college or it could be going into, going into work. How prepared do you feel for, for entering this this world of finance? And is it something that excites you maybe or something that scares you? I think it's a really daunting concept because from one side, it reminds you that maybe you're, you're going to be more independent. But at the same time, it's also exciting. I can earn my own money. I don't have to rely on my parents. My parents don't have to be as responsible for me as they are right now. So I think there's two sides I don't know which route I'm taking I, I do think it's daunting and exciting at the same time how about you Lucinda oh I'm absolutely terrified but um but I don't think I'm completely unprepared no because my parents from like a young age have made me pay for everything like I had a debit card one once I turned 11 11 I think and um from then on I've had to be responsible of my own purchases I think I'm okay 
in the future. I think I might take a student loan or obviously the saving that I'm going to start doing right after this interview. Um, Excellent. <laughs> but I, I, I'm terrified, but I don't think I'm completely unprepared for the future. No, I think you're better than you give yourself credit for. You know, it's just the fact that you sort of know yourself and can see that you could maybe develop a, a, a better habit with with money. That's kind of like stage one. It's fine. How about about you, Patrick? I mean, you're already working. You're earning money. How how do you think that will change when you're working full time or or doing or doing uni or doing the Marines? I, I don't think it will change. I'm, I'm very regimented with how I am. Um, it came from my dad. He's a 70 year old Irish man. He has very traditional views. Um, similar to Lois's family, my dad always preaches uh, there there are needs and wants in this world. Um, you buy what you need, you don't necessarily buy what you want. Obviously, I'm 16, you could say immature. I've probably wasted some money on trainers, but at the end of the day, I feel like I will save like 80% of my paycheck. And as long as I, as long as I uh, minimalise my expenditure and I can save as much money as possible, I think I'll be all right. And how about, about you, Demi? How prepared do you feel for the adult world of finance? And has today helped with any of that? Yeah, today has definitely helped. I'm scared, but like not scared at the same time because it's a process that we all have to like face at some point in our life. And everyone's not everyone, but most people seem to manage it. So, and if I said to you, Lucinda, if you had, if I gave you a thousand pounds and you could spend it on anything you wanted, what's top of your list? I mean, this may come as a surprise, but with that large amount of money, I wouldn't spend it I would, I would like to keep it and just put it in my bank and let it just sit there because it's such a large amount of money I wouldn't even know the first thing to spend it on so I think I would just let it sit there in my bank account and then like waste it over the months <laughs> very very good <clears throat> and how about you Lois I'm pretty content with my situation financially right now so when I do like buy things that I want I do feel guilty that it's coming from my parents mm-hmm. so I'd, I'd say a part of that money I would give to my parents to say thank you here you go um, also if I really did want something it would probably be something along the lines of musical instruments what, what kind of musical instrument um, probably a new guitar maybe electric guitar excellent yeah and Demi if I gave you a thousand pounds and you could spend it in any way you wanted to, what's on your list? Yeah, mine would be repaying back my parents for everything they've done for me. You guys are all so nice. <laughs> and then also probably towards my car insurance because I want to start driving soon. Oh, and have you paid for your driving lessons yet? Yeah, I've only had three so far, so but I'm really determined to do it. Well. Thank you so much for talking to me about money today. Thank you you so much for enlightening us, actually. I think, I just think, keep doing what you're doing and keep enlightening the younger generation with whatever knowledge that you have on the financial time. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much again. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to Lois Lana, Lucinda, Demi and of course Patrick for chatting to me on today's episode and to their schools for letting them take part. My book, What They Don't Teach You About Money, Seven Habits to Unlock Financial Independence will be released by Penguin Books on Thursday 16th of March. And guess what? I also recorded the audiobook version myself, which took a lot longer than recording this podcast. 
Plus, I'll be taking part in a free online FT event discussing the themes of the book and taking your questions on Friday 21st of April. You can register for your free place by going to ft.com slash money events and that link is also in today's show notes. That's it for Money Clinic with me, Claire Barrett, this week and we hope you like what you've heard. If you did, spread the word and leave us a review. We're always looking to chat with people about their money issues on the show, so if you're interested in being part of a future episode and are looking for some expert money advice, then just email us, money at ft.com. You could also take a peek at our website, ft.com slash money, grab a copy of the FT Weekend newspaper, or follow me on Instagram. I'm at Claire B. Money Clinic was produced in London by Persis Love. Our sound engineer is Breen Turner, and our editor is Manuela Saragosa. You heard original tunes this week by Metaphor Music. And finally, our usual disclaimer, the Money Clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice. For that, you'll need to find an independent financial advisor. That's all the small print for now. See you back here next week. Goodbye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.